What is a talent? When we think of that and hear that word in English, we think like an ability that we have and, and that we strengthen and we practice and it, gets, it becomes more over time. A talent. In today's gospel reading from Matthew 25, the head of a household in large estate, before he departs for a long journey, calls the stewards of his household and gives them talents. Expecting them to use these talents well while he is away. A little Jewish context is necessary to unlock the meaning of a talent and the meaning of this parable for our lives. I'll do it in two parts. A talent, literally, was a measure of weight of gold or silver. It was the largest denomination of money in Jesus' day. It equaled the average man's 15 years worth of wages. So, following the parable, for the steward who received five talents, he received up to 25 years worth of wages. The second received 30 years worth, and the third received 15 years worth of wages. In a very real way, then, Jesus could be referring to our lifespans. Some of us live many years and others less years. There are even some of us who will die quite young. Here's another part, another piece of the Jewish context for this parable, and therefore for our lives. If a person received money in Jesus' day from another person, and let's say alone, and decided to bury it, they would not be held liable for the loss of the money should someone discover it and steal it. However, if a person did not bury it, then they were responsible for it. In other words, not burying the money involves taking risk. Burying the money equates to a person who is not willing to take any risk with what has been given to him or her. Let's take these two things together and see what this means for us today. Jesus is teaching us about the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't say that in this particular part that we just heard read at the mass, but these parables that he's giving us, he proceeds by saying the kingdom of heaven is like. So this is what the kingdom of heaven will look like in each of our lives that is, how we will be judged by what we do or don't do with what God has given to us. In this parable, of course, Jesus is the true king of the world, the one who is the head of the household, the master of the estate of our lives. And he has gone away on a long journey, but he promises that he will return. While he is away, he has left to each of us a certain amount of talent, a certain amount of years, and all that is available to us in these years. All the gifts, talents, skills, graces, people, particular to each of our lives, and a host of opportunities then to spend these talents to use them for the kingdom of God, for the purposes of our God and King, but not for our own purposes alone. 
And here is where we get into trouble, right? We think that our lives are our own to do with for me. And this parable of the talent is telling us something completely different. But it's telling us that some of us will live long lives, some of us short, but all of us are given a variety of resources. We are not supposed to bury what God has given to us, play it safe, prefer, that is, our own comforts and security, over taking risks with God and for God. Instead, all that God is giving us, he expects us to use. Be willing to take risk, rather than fearful about what the future holds and thereby stuck in our spiritual lives and relationships and not growing, not adding to what he's given us, not multiplying the resources that God has offered us. Multiplying our resources for God's gain and for the good of all that God calls us to steward, like to steward the lives of other people. No matter the years we live, no matter the amount of human spiritual capital available to us, at the end of our lives, following this parable, when the king comes to each of us, if we have used well what God has given to us, and for the purposes of God's kingdom, we will share our master's joy, as Jesus teaches here. And even more will be given to us in this life and the life eternal. Additionally, we will be given so much more in heaven, more than we ever had access to in this life. And yet look at how we live. We spend our lives grasping for all the things of this world, not recognizing that God is going to give us so much more in the world to come if all that he wants to give us in this world and has given us in this world, we use for him rather than us. But if we have not used what God has given to us out of fear, laziness, comfort-seeking, and a variety of other excuses we use to not fully engage in the Christian life, if we are been unwilling to venture out, expend energy, and work with what God has given to us, if we do not grow and multiply in the spiritual life over and above what God gave us initially, then even what little we had from God in this life will be taken away from us. We will not know the master's joy in heaven. But in eternity, without all that we had in this life and all that would have been available to us in the life of heaven. And this is what hell is. All this begs the urgent question that should now be arising in each of us as we gain a fuller insight into the meaning of what Jesus is teaching here. Two questions. How to be the steward? How can I be the steward who uses all the years and the means that God gives to me? And, and how can I avoid being the steward who buries all that God has given to me? This is the big question, right? How do we find and live the answer? Here's something 
I want all of us to consider. Healing. Healing. Often, it is the lack of healing, ongoing healing, in our lives that keeps us from growing in the spiritual life, let alone multiplying the spiritual life. This is a general principle of the spiritual life. That is, maturing and expanding our own spiritual lives while being instruments of creating and multiplying other Christians and helping them to grow as individuals. Listen, each of us, in our own ways, we've all been hurt or, or will be hurt. Physically, sexually, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, morally, relationally. Because we live in a fallen world. Others are fallen and so are we. We have hurts from our histories and hurts in our ability to hope. We get stuck in past wounds, either the ones others inflicted upon us or we inflicted upon ourselves or other people. Maybe you made an inner vow. You would never let something happen and it happened. Or someone hurt you again and they hurt you again. And so you build a fortress to protect your heart. These inner vows become habits, lifestyles, that in over time, those actions limit who God created us to be and limit how we use what God has given to us. Like love. Our inability to look beyond our past or present wounds, our shortcomings or deficits, and to dream new possibilities is very real. Life's troubles can cause us to get stopped in our tracks. And we end up burying much of what God is giving to us under a mound of excuses, adversions, the unwillingness to try something different or new, and even the failure to acknowledge our own true need for God. We can become, we can come to believe the lies that others taught us, and that then we say to ourselves over and over again until we believe the lies, like, it is good enough to do only enough with our lives as to preserve what God has given us initially rather than to multiply it. That is a lie. And it's from the enemy. And it's, from, it's to keep us from fully being alive and happy. Or, or, here's another one. You have received the message that you are not enough. And rather than take a risk and prove it wrong, you play it safe. I want to assure you today that you were loved into existence by the God of the universe. You are wonderfully made. And God loves you as much as his only begotten son. Let me say that again. God loves you as much as his only begotten son. If you are sitting here thinking to yourself, this is not true about you, I want you 
I want to invite you to take a chance for God and yourself. Let him heal you from this lie and set you free. Healing. Healing is the key to being set free from the hurts and wounds in whatever forms we experience them. Being set free from the lies, the worries, the avoidance of risks, the weaknesses, the beliefs that we will never change and things will never get better. How often do we think and live that way? Things are never going to get better. I'm never going to overcome this thing. Healing is the key to finally being open to what God is offering us. Not only in the many resources he offers us in the years we have in this life to use them, but healing is the key to entrance into heaven. It's the only way we're going to get into heaven. Without Jesus applying his healing touch, which comes from his resurrection and his own ascension into heaven, we will not be able to rise from the darkness of our own death. Both the death that we know at the end of our lives and also the many deaths we go through through sin. Our own sins or others sinning against us. We slowly and acidously suck the life out of us throughout our years. Healing, ongoing healing, is what enables us to see all the good gifts God gives us. The many blessings and graces, the love and faith, and the beautiful dreams available to each of us. The many assets God's, God offers us. Healing is what opens us again to trust in God. And trust in his plan for our lives rather than live our own plan. Healing is what helps us to overcome our uneasiness in this life. And no longer be satisfied with the excuses we have used for years for not fully engaging all that God is offering to us in the Christian life. And healing is what is necessary for us to love ourselves and others so much that we would never, ever again keep ourselves and others from what is most precious in this life. God. How? How? How can we apply the healing that God wants to give to us? And we are so in desperate need for whether we know it or not. There are many ways to experience healing in our relationship with Christ. And many ways right here at St. Francis. Here's one way coming up soon. In a few months, our parish will offer a conference called Healing the Whole Person, February 4th, 5th, and 6th, 2021. No matter where you need healing, this conference is for you. And it will produce the results of helping you share in your master's joy. In the first part of the Healing the Whole person conference, Dr. Bob Schutz, Sister Miriam James, and their team will help us see first the larger picture. How with God, it is possible to heal the whole person. And they do this in several ways, such as showing us how when God gets into one area that needs healing, it leads to healing in multiple areas. 
until we find ourselves more fully healed, our relationships more fully healed, our ability to love God and ourselves and others more fully healed. Likewise, our ability to grow in trust, hope, and faith increases. And we can live our lives more abundantly. The second part of the conference will help each of us to face our own individual brokenness. Enabling us to see where our brokenness comes from, how it has been affecting our lives, what to do with it, and how God can redeem it so that we can live more fully and freely. The third part of the conference is encountering the Father's love for each of us. For me, this was the most powerful part of the conference. God helped me to move beyond the fruit of my hurts and get to the root of my hurts. For years, I was concentrating on what I thought was the problem, only to discover what lies beneath it. We've all done this. We see a, our lives producing a bad fruit. It could be an addiction, an attach, attachment. It could be a vice. It could be a, a way of living our lives. It could be a way of thinking, whatever. And we're just picking at that bad fruit, hoping at some point, if we just keep picking the fruit off the tree of our lives, at some point, that bad fruit will not come back. And what this conference starts to teach us is that bad fruit comes from somewhere. And it traces it down the the branches and into the trunk and into the root that is producing the bad fruit and heals us at the root. Rather than constantly for myself, rather than constantly asking God to take away bad fruits that were coming from my wounds, I was able to give him the roots of the wounds and let him heal me at the root thereby transforming the fruits that my life was producing from bad to good. This has led to a healing and freedom I never thought possible. The final part of this conference is living in freedom, helping us to live in the freedom that enables us to openly engage and utilize all that God has been offering us, then to share more extensively and willingly these gifts with other people, enabling us to shepherd them, to steward them, as we hear in today's parable. I highly recommend this conference to all of you. The reason why I'm telling you about it now is because registration just opened this week. And registration will quickly fill up, as is the case whenever and wherever this conference is being offered throughout the United States. And we're offering it right here in Newark, Ohio, right here at St. Francis de Sales. In fact, we have been on a three-year waiting list to bring healing the whole person here. You can go to our parish website. It's in our bulletin. You can go to my Facebook or the parish Facebook for more information and for links to register for this conference. Additionally, this Sunday afternoon, just after this Mass, we will email a special flock note to all of you to help you learn about more about the conference and 
to sign up for it. There are also cards at the entrances, the doors of the church for you to take. If you'd like to share this conference with somebody you know who needs it, but if you do that, don't give it to them and expect them to go alone. Go with them. We'll be offering the conference in person, which is why I want you to register now due to limited seating because we will be following COVID social distancing uh, protocols. We will, though, however, be offering it for virtual participation through live stream and Zoom. In fact, along these lines, this last one, if you can't get into the conference because you wait too long and it fills up, or if you don't feel comfortable coming out of your homes just yet, for the people, who, for instance, who are watching us on live stream right now, the live stream option will be available. And I guarantee it will be impactful. It is the way I participated in the conference during the quarantine period in the spring. I wasn't able to go in person, although I'd signed up for it. It got switched because of the quarantine. So they experimented and tried it through Zoom. I thought that this would diminish the effectiveness of the conference. In fact, it has produced one of the most profound encounters with the Father's love that I have ever known, which I'm still processing to this day with my spiritual director and benefiting from. It is a journey. As you know, we're offering a variety of opportunities here at St. Francis to heal and grow your spiritual life and equip you to help others. This conference is unique, and it will be one of the best opportunities we have offered to date. If you can attend this conference, God will honor that you are taking a risk and he will bless it. What we hear in today's gospel is so, so important. God has given us a certain amount of talents, a certain amount of time. We know not how many years we have, long or short, and a certain amount of gifts abilities, skills, human spiritual resources, and other people. In order to use all that God is giving to us to truly become the stewards that we're called to be, to know healing and wholeness in our hearts, histories, and relationships, and to share in the Father's joy, we have to be willing to take risk with all that God has offered us, knowing what we now know from this gospel and its true meaning knowing that doing nothing with them and burying them and not growing them in ourselves is no longer a sustainable option. 